0: OTB GAA All we can do is do our absolute best and, But we have to dust ourselves down And we have to go again Just be the best that you can be after that
1: Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed Wherever you get your podcasts The Football Show On Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport And Premier Sports this is News Talk. I'm prepared to end and make to again. Do it then. The what about your start to the game? Ah, it wasn't bad, was it?
0: Yeah. Why should it be an honest
1: answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh. You're welcome along to Thursday's Football Show. Nathan with you this evening. Dan McDonald live in studio on a Thursday. It's a novelty, Nathan, isn't it? We literally are on well. The only
0: reason you have I've been a bit under the weather this week, but um, yeah, I'm coming back out of hibernation to uh to, to come and talk to you today. Watched a lot of football, so one thing about like um glorious, but you, like you not know, not, not going into a dad cast tangent here, but like you don't well, get you don't, you don't get you don't get to people love that, you don't get to watch as much, but then like if you're under the weather for a couple of days and you're left alone. It wasn't the worst weekend in the world. Oh, the, it was the best weekend like the, where suddenly... The Championship, like League One Monday was... Fu- was one of the great Mondays of football. League One was Sunday, then you had League Two and Championship on Monday overlapping with the... and then going into the, the, the three games on Monday.
1: The final know? day of the Championship season should be a bank holiday. Every, Every year.
0: year. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: Per- because the playoff final was generally always played on a bank holiday Monday and in the UK, but not in Ireland. And it was one of the great days of arriving home from school... And You're unexpectedly, right. yeah. you turn on the TV, and there it would be a live game of football at three o'clock on a Monday. Glory, always glorious. Who'd be child. scoring
0: goals now? Someone like David Hopkin oh, or, yeah. or Clive Mendonca. They, 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 they'd they, definitely be involved. In Paul Pesky Salido. They should definitely be in the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Band friend. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> I hadn't thought about Paul I Pesky. Salido someone's swerving years. off a
0: road in Canada at the moment. But well, I just um, remember,
1: that, like, we, we never fully covered that with Kill did we? I maybe we did at the time. Sure. I, I discussed we, it when I'm in. Qatar oh, at the oh, did time. you? Yeah. You can give us the full insight because I do remember. Obviously, the only Canadian footballer I knew forever, and when Kev was moving to Canada, I was like, "Well, don't be taking Paul Pesky Salido's gig while you're over there." <laughs> <laughs> it turned out. <laughs> Little did you then know. Turned out he pissed off the one Canadian. You shouldn't piss it off. Know.
0: And was it on Craig Forrest? Was it or something? But um, yeah, that was that was. Uh, they, they all went a bit native on that, but. Um, yeah, but it was like yeah, those championship Mondays. But it was. Although I was saying like, that the championship there this year was building up to be epic. And then like the relegation situation was there was a lot going on. Mm. That was all resolved before the last day, which was a little bit disappointing. And um, but still the playoffs race gave us something.
1: Oh the championship um, play Millball Blackburn game and,
0: and all of that. It was not great from an Irish point of view, maybe some of the outcomes but um yeah, the drama of Millwall being three-one up. The minute the commentator and you've been there, the old commentator's curse. Did the commentator at three-one in the Millwall is game? Done. Pretty <laughs> much said something. You know, it's impossible to see it. You know, losing it, losing it from here. And you're know, at the den, and uh, you, you probably, you know, you imagine, you know, and it's a horrible place to go to be three-one up. You know, to you know, for the, and Blackburn, then all of a sudden, looked like they had something to play for, and they didn't they still come back and beat them anyway and it wasn't even like Millwall didn't really get that sympathetic got some sympathetic applause but that is going to haunt them that was going to haunt them all, actually
1: yeah all the romance is obviously about Luton in the playoff I was just going to say that yeah uh, even though it was an article on the BBC can Kenilworth Road be a Premier League ground when this is its entrance uh, even though I'm fairly sure Queen's Park Rangers is pretty much right in the middle of a housing estate as well but all, uh, on Monday I'm watching it going is the Premier League ready for Millwall well, I mean,
0: if, you, if you'd if you ended up with Luton, Coventry, Millwall and Middlesbrough, you have a sort of a, it's a 90s, like it's a nineteen. I mean, Luton haven't even been in the Premier League, you know, since its inception, have they? Or, you know, Luton and, and Millwall haven't been ab- about for a long mm. time. Anyway, I'm trying to think about that. I mean, Middlesbrough, OK, um, they've been and gone. Uh, and Coventry just brings you back to, you know, Highfield Road and Robbie Keane and,
1: even that, you know, it's a remarkable story. Coventry's revival because it's just been such a dead club for so many years. Oh, yeah, in the sense that they were always on the verge of going out of business, and yeah, no, it, it actually are. is.
0: It, it, I think either way. I mean, Sunderland have, have, have snuck in, and they were very good. I was probably ended up watching a bit of that Preston Sunderland game in the first half more so because Tom Cannon was playing and and Parrot, and Sunderland were good though. You know, they were really good, and they they're, they're that momentum team. And I suppose that's a great story too, although. I feel like the better story would still be Luton, um, but Sunderland would be pretty good as well. Um, a lot going on, yeah, but yeah, it's um, it was a good weekend of uh, football. You know, long, long live the king and all of that.
1: <laughs> You're obviously looking at uh, this with Irish eyes on it and saying mm. it disappointing and disappointing in several ways, because all of these players are now finished football until Ireland play Greece on the sixteenth of June. Over in Athens, in God knows what temperature, which is five weeks away still. Yeah. So they do have a mini camp for a few days. Yeah. They're all gone on their holidays. Check out their Instagram. They're all away on their holidays. They come back for a few days. Then they'll be able to go on holidays again, go to a warm weather camp in Turkey, and then head to Greece. Yeah. And play Gibraltar after that. So their season, even though they feel like it's finished on the sixth, seventh of May isn't going to be finished until June twentieth.
0: It's weird. It's it's basically like it's it's in the middle of their pre season. It's like sort of waking up during the night and doing something. For, you know for some of them, sort of athletically. And that's the problem like in Armenia last year. Like Ireland we're, were really poor you know and it's a bit like sorry apart from Evan Ferguson of course he's 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 he's, he's, he's just Evan can keep doing his thing
1: well you know? I, I was listening to O2AM this morning uh, and I think you'll find Evan Ferguson's doing just fine Erling Haaland may want to think about working on his game outside of the penalty area yeah he's doing fine with the 51 goals inside the penalty area but what's he doing outside compared to what Evan Ferguson if, is doing if you heard
0: that Johnny Ward has spoken about <laughs> Evan Ferguson you just don't know what's going You try sitting next to him on a Saturday when Evan Ferguson's on the team. That's why I left. Yeah. I, mean, I knew it, this was coming. If you knew, knew, knew Ferguson's so. coming along, it's it, it's tough. It's tough going. It's like sitting next to one of the Eurovision contestants when the votes are coming through. <coughs> you know, just like very nervous all the time. Uh, except Johnny's probably, uh, le, you know, less eccentric. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is true. Like, I mean, Ireland were so flat. And I think Stephen Kenny made a big mistake. For the Armenia game last year, um, probably would admit it. You know, picking his team on the form on the basis mm-hmm. of who done very well because Ireland had a bit of momentum going into that and had played well in the in the March and the, and the previous windows and a couple of players like Robinson and Ogbeni, um, even Hendrick. But they were some of the players who who played the least football when they got there. And, and I don't know. I mean, um, they are trying to address it. I think they're going to play a bounce game in in Turkey and they'll have that many camp is it different that it's it's very distinctively the big game of the window? Like that four-game window last year, maybe mentally you look at Armenia away, and then there's Ukraine and Scotland. And I mean, within five, six days, Ireland were playing brilliantly against Scotland, mm. right? So, you know, the, the the argument in some way is that you you get the cobwebs out of the system in this bounce game, you know, and take it as seriously as you possibly can. Um, but it is a concern. That is a
1: criticism of Kenny as well that, in a way you can't be learning those lessons after the fact yeah I know that was a problem you from- need to be ready and that has cropped up earlier in previous campaigns with the likes of Callum Robinson coming in and being able to play well in the first game but actually two games in four days was just too much for him yeah so you hope that all those lessons have been fully learned by now?
0: Yeah, like yeah, and you would hope that. Like I think I suppose the flip side is yes. Like, I suppose you can t- you can you can over talk about this stuff. You know you can like you don't want it to become like a negative self fulfilling prophecy. Like you, know, you like this dominates but a bit, like the heat. And I think the game is nine forty five Athens time. So like you'd hope that it's not going to be as stifling, although it's still mm. going to be warm. But there comes a point where it's like okay, you know okay Greece. Probably do have more players in leagues that are going to run a little bit later, but you just have to sort of get on with it and make sure. Then you do the most intensive week ten days you possibly do in Turkey because, you know, everyone starts the season, you know, with no games under the belt. Like you know, your preparation will 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 ultimately will be judged by how you perform, and you can't have a ready-made excuse there just in case. And like the thing is, like Ireland actually in a lot of these windows when they've had a focus to a really big game. They've generally done okay in that game. It's been the second game after that, that's, mm.
1: that's killed them. And it's the ten minutes left in Gibraltar, yeah, and it's still nil nil. Yeah,
0: and I think I think you'd, you'd imagine that won't be an issue this time. But it's true. I mean, like who's going to be who's going to play much football between now and then? I mean, if Wolves are safe does Nathan Collins get a few more minutes? You know, does Bazunu come back in? If Southampton are are gone down. Um, aside from that. Uh, we're struggling really aren't we Mikey Johnston over in Portugal their season runs a little bit later um, but you know the playoff isn't holding a huge amount or Daryl Enhan may be involved and um, beyond that we're not sort of everyone's in the same boat
1: if only there was another league that was ongoing right now that Stephen <laughs> Kenny could choose from where the players are going to be playing right up to that game here's one Jack Byrne is playing better now that he was playing when he was in the Ireland squad previously.
0: Well, listen, you, you speak as a taller regular, but I mean, it is true. He's, he's playing exceptionally well at the moment, Jack Byrne. He's playing... He looks, he looks back to himself. He looks back to 2020. Um, Jack Byrne, the COVID year, he was very good. It was just, you know... <clears throat> like, you know obviously, we weren't at games um, for the second half of that. You know, playing against AC Milan and, and very, very confident. And, yeah, I think, I think the problem is, I mean, I'd love to see... That happened, but I feel like you know Kenny has a settled enough team that, as much as I say, you have to pick players. Like, don't make the mistakes the last time by leaning on your 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 best eleven from the previous window. The problem. The problem is someone like Jack coming in it's an adjustment to the system to like where he actually plays and but now, oh, at the time, to, to now, now is the time Now for, for
1: those exact yeah. reasons that again if you do find half an hour left in Greece oh, there is that bit of fatigue creeping into this side that the match sharpness isn't there here's somebody who you know can change a game anyways who is exactly yeah. what you want and is going to be on it
0: yeah I mean I, I, I see the argument for uh, I feel like it won't happen you know, I do feel like it won't happen. I feel like it's a long shot. Do but you feel again, it won't
1: happen in the way that it's not going to happen for him again?
0: No, I wouldn't say that actually. No. I, I think I think he's met a compelling case this year. I don't think Jack was anywhere near himself last year. He probably said it himself. And he couldn't make the argument for him. And I mean, Neil Ferrugia was the player that was closer to the plans. And and Mace, like Ferrugia could still end up in mm. in the squad. Like there's a couple of injury issues here in certain positions, like particularly in the wing back department. So it's not a million that that Neil Ferruccio is included in this in some shape or form Um, whereas I suppose you know in Jack Byrne's position someone like Will Smallbone has come along and yes he's not going to be Matt Sharp but it feels like Smallbone is is going to be that creative option Ahead of him, but I mean, he's he's put up. Some people will will vehemently disagree, um. But I think you have to look at your eyes and see the level he's playing at, at the moment. It's good, and uh you wouldn't have any fear about throwing him in. I just feel like it's unlikely now. I mean, he could have a game against Gibraltar a couple of days later, where it's like okay, you know. But um, I I like I mean, Kenny did play Jack Brown previously, um, and it sort of went okay. I've just—I've never been a hundred percent convinced that he's like one hundred percent Kenny's type of player, which sounds mad because you, you associate Kenny with like, um, like really good football and that's mm. his style. But I, I don't know. I—I I feel like um, I feel like Kenny was always more of a maybe more of a McIlhenny man than a Jack Byrne man in some respects, you know um in the, in that sort of central attacking position. Um but I could be com- talking absolute rubbish. Like he I mean it's true what you say like if if you've a lot of concerns about the well-being of other players maybe someone who's playing well all the way up to the window has a chance.
1: So let's go through s- the situation with some of the Irish players uh, right now and what will happen over the course of the summer as well. Uh, we've spent so long talking about the riches that we have at our disposal in goal right now and none of them are playing any football at all with Gavin Bazunu having been dropped Uh, he's been talking this week about uh, being dropped from Southampton over the last couple of weeks here's what he had to say we've got a very young squad which can make it difficult you know a lot of players playing at this level for the first time including myself Um, you hear this you know we've come on the wrong side of results at times, like like you mentioned with Forest and with Arsenal, having really good performances and just not picking up the points we needed. Football is is full of disappointments, and the ones at the top are the ones who have experienced that disappointment of being able to, to, you know, fight back and you know get up off the ground after they've been knocked down. I think that's what this season has constantly been. It's been about learning how to get back up about learning how to be resilient, to, to bounce back after defeat, after poor performances, uh, and somehow keep that level of confidence. And I think, for me, that's probably the biggest thing I've learned this season is that no matter what happens, you've always got a next game and you've got to just continue to fight and work towards that. Yeah, so Gavin they there talking about just having to, I guess, learn about having a bit of resilience that when you're knocked down and Southampton have been knocked down again and again and again that uh, maybe it's been lingering with them too long, the disappointments, and that to be at the very top you've got to bounce back quickly, forget about the last game. It's no coincidence that the two youngest goalkeepers in the league, Gavin Bazuna and Elan Melier have both been dropped mm-hmm. at the end of the season. Like They are far below the average age of a Premier League goalkeeper how do you reflect on the season for Pizzuno I
0: don't know yeah. I'm, I'm almost surprised he's put up to do something weirdly you know like you know even that says something about sort of people have a you know trust for his character he hasn't mm. gone into his shell you know and the fact he hasn't been played or you keep him away from the limelight <laughs> I, I don't know like it's um, like it is disappointing <clears throat> Um, like I I spoke to him before the start of the season did a long piece with him and I think like one of the, the formative experiences that he had was a Rochdale a couple of years ago with like a similar season. We were down the bottom of the table with a team, um, you know, who conceded a load of goals and yet his reputation was, sort of wasn't damaged by it. It felt like he came back even stronger from it and, and like that must have been tough even at that level, albeit I think it was a bit of lockdown stuff, but still like, conceding a, you know, three, four goals mm. regularly enough. Um and I suppose maybe in the Premier League, like he's had a similar year, but it's obviously in a much more unforgiving environment where like every mistake, every goal, you know, was clipped, you know, there's a you know, Jamie Carher's talking about you or whatever. And it's true, like Alex McCarthy has gone in and the results have been similar and I know that the the stats aren't great and like, you know, expected saves.
1: He has definitely looked <clears throat> uncertain. Watching him in the game against Arsenal where Arsenal had the comeback and there was Uh, What maybe a goalkeeping error where he palms the ball out from the initial shot right in front of the Arsenal forward but even in that game there were two or three occasions where he came out of his penalty area and there was confusion between him and the centre back and everything you would expect to see from a club that's bottom of the Premier League table
0: Yeah, it's funny I think there's, there's almost parallels with Nathan Collins in a way that both of them like Nathan Collins has made like bad mistakes this year But mm. then you could watch him In a 90 minute game And he can be excellent But then he's involved In like
1: A bad moment You know Well and even the last game That he came on When they got absolutely hammered And you're going well, Surely Nathan Collins Should be getting on And the first thing he does Is give the ball has
0: a moment But then I remember speaking like I think it was David Snape Was over watching him Against Man City And like apparently he was excellent mm. But then He's involved in flashpoint moments And like Bizzunu Like he came in like, You know Bizzunu came in And played against France and you, you—I don't know about you—but you'd be watching that and you'd be thinking, like, you full trust in him, mm. quite commanding. And he had some great games for Southampton this year, like away at Chelsea and away at Manchester United. And like in these environments, where you're thinking, yeah, he was, yeah, he is one of these keepers that he 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 comes off his line a lot and he'll take a risk. And then if that goes wrong, it looks it looks dreadful. But generally, he still played with a degree of confidence. But in saying that, at other times, he's just conceded some bad goals as well. And even it's not even so much. I know what you're talking about those little communication moments just one or two even just a general shot stopping hasn't been terrific you well, know well that's the
1: what Jamie Carragher's point was when you look at the expected goals that if Southampton were where they should be with expected goals they would be perfectly fine yeah like they would be surviving whereas
0: yeah and like I don't know I mean he's probably still exposed to a lot of chance and I know the, the stats are more you know specific than that and whatever like you know can it be a glitch or is that reflective of, of the entirety of his performances across the season like I can see he still looks like the all-round modern goalkeeper mm. but maybe at times it's just one or two of the basics have have let him down but I think sometimes you know like the analysis of goalkeepers like you need to be really on point with it you know and even there would be goalkeepers who would be annoyed by Jamie Carragher's analysis mm. and would say well you don't really get well the get week before it,
1: you know? on obviously on uh, Monday Night Football Casper Schmeichel is on and is earning rave reviews from Oh, every goalkeeper online to have, oh, finally, one of our guys is out there explaining exactly what's going on in this scenario. Yeah, but,
0: yeah. You know,
1: XG, as you say, is a very advanced piece of uh, technology and statistics that is reflective, but doesn't necessarily reflect where Southampton are as a team and as a club right now, where they've made a decision to go with a lot of youth and it's backfired badly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I and mean, look, I suppose like to go with a young goalkeeper is a big statement. But I'm, look, I'm very conscious like the green tinted glasses here of just like taking a favourable view just mm. because of it. But you I mean you do watch McCarthy? I watched the game against Forest again on Monday, and like, they give you chances, you know. And, and again, you look at it and you go, he conceded a bit like a lot of the games three or four was he at fault for any of the goals mm. not really no could he have done better had a or stronger two? arm on one of them yeah exactly and I think that's been a lot of it with Bazuna, though like he's exposed maybe to like you know to He's, he's busy in games, and I suppose he's just like at times that's just you know, it, it's he's, he's just let what he's let silly ones in. You know, I, I was at Leeds, or I can't think there was well,
1: there was, was the, the one where Carragher yeah. was on commentary as well, where he made it what looked like a great save initially, but he punched it straight up into the air, and the ball comes down and yeah. the opposition score.
0: Yeah, I, I suppose the, the bigger thing is so what happens now? You mm. know, what happens like for, from here? Like, he's still like he is still unbelievably young. Like and he's played a lot of football. Like he's played, you know, a lot of football for his age. He's about 21. Um, he's still an asset. You know, he's still like a great sort of profile because I think he has a lot of the attributes to be a modern goalkeeper. Um, but maybe he does like you know I spoke to someone a while back involved in the game who was of the view that you know a confidence boosting year in the championship would be no harm like he went from that year at Rochdale to suddenly going to Portsmouth so so you're suddenly playing for a team that was challenging for a promotion so just naturally the energy is a little bit different you're at the top end of the table your team are dominating some games some weeks as opposed to being under the cosh almost every week it mm. must have felt like at times this year um, and, and maybe maybe if he goes then with them and plays a full year in the championship is is it a bad thing
1: well with the exception of Evan Ferguson again I think what this season has proven is that all of these young players are very much at the mercy of modern football that we look at them making the breakthrough and then start talking about how many years will Nathan Collins spend at Wolves before maybe he goes to one of the top six teams but managers change and Everything you hear out of Wolves and Lopetegui is that he's an incredible manager, his organisation, tactically, he's way ahead of even what was there with Nuno. But he clearly sees something in Nathan Collins that he's not quite sure about. Mm. Or maybe it was just at the time they were in trouble and Craig Dawson is brought in, solid Premier League defender, years of experience. And he goes, actually, you know, Nathan Collins, I'll come back to in time. And that's the risk with Gavin Bazunu is... We're all looking at it now again, going a year in a cha- championship where Southampton will be one of the better teams, good confidence-boosting year, Southampton will have a new manager in the summer, and we have no idea what that manager is going to think. It's true, but it does seem like every manager
0: and goalkeeping mode coach that works at Brazil comes around to him, you know, and, mm. and it's, it's true, he could have someone with a completely different set of opinions, but he seems like one of these training ground players that really impresses, like, he came into the Ireland squad and he got that sense that everyone straight away was like, Yes. And it feels like he's one of those that maybe he's not, he hasn't brought to the pitch. Maybe at times this year, what he's showing people on the training ground, because so many of them, like three different managers, did stick with him until eventually you're trying to roll the dice in the last. Well, and that's of weeks. what
1: this felt like. It wasn't. It didn't feel like a dropping necessarily. It was need to change something.
0: No, it would have been so easy to drop him earlier. So I think he shows a lot behind the scenes that convinces people. So I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be as worried about that with him. I mean the Collins one is 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 fascinating because yeah, I mean he he I suppose you saw little signs even with Ireland last year. Just again the concentration at times lets him down. But I feel about Lobotegi like again, I think it's a little bit of that. It's like he was firefighting, left right balance, you know, it was it was Collins and Kilman. Um he wanted to go with a sort of a you know, the the, the balance with Dawson and, and Kilman may be suited at that time. Um but a full pre season with Collins, we might have a different might have a different scenario there.
1: Uh, I do need to take a quick break. We'll have two live games on off the ball for you on Sunday afternoon, two massive games as well. Everton against Manchester City is first up at two o'clock at Goodison Park. Uh Stephen Doyle and Brian Kerr will bring you through that one. And then it's Arsenal against Evan Ferguson at half past four. We'll be doing a full comparison between Halland and Ferguson as the afternoon goes on.
0: Oh God, just get Johnny in for that.
1: Uh, Myself and Kenny Cunningham will talk it through Arsenal-Brighton. So uh, two cracking games on Sunday afternoon. Uh, We're going to talk about some more of the Irish players and what's going to happen to them over the course of summer. Uh, Right after these, all our football and off the ball is brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Football on off the ball. With Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports. BT Sport and Premier Sports This is News Talk Welcome back It is Thursday's football show Nathan and Dan with you this evening Uh, So we've been talking about some of the Irish players and when the stats come out over the next couple of weeks they won't make for pretty reading around the amount of minutes Irish players have played in the Premier League this season we had that statistic a couple of weeks ago where was it for the first time ever in the Premier League and probably when you go back it must be for the first time since records began that no Irish player started in a round of yeah. top flight fixtures in the English League there are going to be players coming up uh, next season as well as players going down uh, some players who will be making moves. James McLean, uh, there has been some speculation about a potential move back to Derry. It feels a bit premature for where he is in his career and that he's, by all accounts, had an excellent season personally for Wigan, although it's been a real struggle for the club.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be expecting that um, to happen this time. Um, I I think the plan there has always been to uh maybe and I like his contract is up at Wigan I'm not saying for certain he doesn't go back there but I mean the players weren't being paid there in the last week and it just seems a little bit fraught um behind the scenes at the club. So um I think the plan there has always been to maybe play uh I say overseas, I mean he is overseas already of course, but you know, uh to maybe go to Sunnier Climes or something different um and then come back to Derry. Now I mean if if nothing if nothing Materialises that that fits the bill. Who knows that could happen earlier, but um, I think I think I wouldn't be expecting him to pitch up at Derry uh, soon unless there has been a, a dramatic change of plan.
1: He's just turned thirty-four, letting himself go. Like looking at him over there on holidays. Holidays, up on yeah. The feet. <laughs> in Come the on, James, bit of professionalism
0: in the gym, yeah. But straight he's... off
1: the flight. I, I he hasn't been on the show in quite a while, but I do want to talk to him about his training regime, which. To me feels absolutely insane He's there on a Saturday night He's just played for Wigan And he's in the gym at midnight it, I mean it's, it's He's going to play till he's 40 it's, That's uh, why I was surprised When I saw the links with Derry You're thinking You've got another couple of years At a higher level And you know it's not as if Even if he came back at 37 to Derry He's going to be like Any normal 37 year old
0: No like he can There's no doubt Like Unless he just gets bad luck With injury And I don't know He's uh, you know, he's one of those. that's probably like you'd imagine at times. Well, you know, there's no, there's, there's no doubt about it. Like you know, a couple of times to play for Ireland, he's he's come back earlier than his club would have wanted and stuff. And the only thing that would hold him back is if he's played through the pain barrier too much to a point where it catches up with him. But you just can't, you can't see that. You know, and and I think yeah, I think the dairy thing has always been an attraction, and I think he'll always be, uh, there'll always be room for him there. I think, and 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 uh, more to the point. Like, we're going to have an absolute nightmare of a season, but again, like, judging fan reaction, I don't think there's any sense that people feel his performance levels were were a factor in that, you know. Um, he he was involved pretty much when he was fit, um, in what seems like has been a pretty challenging season, and he's still doing it at a championship level, and and so we haven't had a vintage year for Irish players at championship mm. level this year, um. So the fact he's done that, he's obviously pretty very motivated. I mean, he's he's fit at all times, but I mean, he is he could be the hundred cap man
1: against Gibraltar. Um, if he's, he's
0: on what ninety eight. He's ninety eight. So I mean, he'll, he'll, you'd imagine just the issue there is been involved in the Greece game which wouldn't be 100% certain I suppose but he's definitely one that you know he's going to turn up in top you know in top shape and I think that was an issue last year with some other potential options didn't necessarily arrive back in great shape there's going to be no concerns about McLean in that front and I would have thought actually you know even I'm not sure what the situation is with Coleman but um, in terms of sort of leadership and presence and experience like he's probably got his there's a strong case for him there um, but yeah like he, where does he go it, it may well be that he he, he he sort of tries sort of somewhere further afield um, but I can see him yeah I think his story's got a fair bit to run
1: You mentioned not a vintage year for Irish players in the Championship so it hasn't been a vintage year obviously in the Premier League <laughs> which is quite concerning that it hasn't been a vintage year in the Championship either we've seen an awful lot of players go from the League of Ireland across to lower league championship league one over the last 18 months or so any of those players making enough progress over the past 12 months that they're going to step up a level over the summer.
0: No, but I'm not sure. I suppose it's about the championship. I mean, we did have Josh Cullen and John mm. Egan. To be fair, like you know, two staples of the Irish team who have gone up, and you can imagine they'll play more next year, which is good for our, our stats. But yeah, like you, we had that sort of massive Exodus, all right, uh, which would have been discussed here a lot about the you know players going to League One. I was just looking at it today just for a newsletter piece, um, going through them all. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of them are doing quite well without necessarily. Been on the verge of like some massive jump in their career, and like, maybe there's, there's no shame in that. You know, like, they've gone to become very solid League One players mm. in some cases. Andy Lyons went and played regularly in the Championship, but there are club that's relegated. You'd, you'd assume he'll go down and play with them regularly in League One. I think some of them have done pretty well. Danny Mandrew, Lincoln has done well. Promise Oma a Fleetwood, um, uh, Owen Toll who went to from Jerry to Bolton done absolutely fine you know until he got injured uh, Aiden Keane he went over again uh, to Cheltenham I mean he was uh, you know not exactly the most glamorous I maybe mean, he scored six goals in the last ten games you know of the season that's worked out pretty well for him someone whose career was very uncertain when he came back home so there is stories like that um, but they're not necessarily players who've Who've, like, who like you're saying, OK, they're, they're, they're on the fast track to the championship here. Now, maybe the likes of Andrew and, and Promise Omosher and stuff will get there eventually, but mm. it doesn't feel like it's it's massively imminent. And a couple have been, Dawson DeVoy has gone down with MK Dons. Looked like a great move. Dara Burns, I thought he'd do as well as them, And he's been a real disappointment at MK Dons. So it's tough. It's a good level to go into and figure out. And I think a lot of them have gone in there and have done absolutely fine. And it's a great, place to make a good career it's not necessarily when you have someone like Evan Ferguson doing what it is everything looks you're a little bit
1: off Broadway
0: everything looks off Broadway compared to that mm. Um but in it, of itself, like it's an achievement. I mean, I, we were talking about this briefly off air. Like, what is the definition of making it for people anymore? Like, if you know, someone who goes to League One and plays there for five, six, seven seasons, like that's a really good career. Because mm. like, the game over there at the moment, I know Brexit has made it maybe a little bit less competitive, lower down the leagues in terms of overseas players. Um, but it's still a brutal environment to try and make a living in. And the ones that, that survive are doing very well.
1: I I probably felt that at the time as well last year that when this exodus was happening because a lot of them were young players there's almost again too much expectation going over that this was just a stepping stone to greater things again where I think as you rightly point out actually just staying at that lower championship top of League One level like is still the 0.0001% Oh yeah
0: yeah like you look at someone like Daryl Horgan's been released now by Wickham and I don't know where, where he'll pitch up next I'd imagine clubs here might be um wondering what might happen but to me like Daryl Horgan okay yeah he didn't g- go over and, and like you know he didn't play in the Premier League mm. but he's pretty gone over he's played in the Championship with Preston played you know played in Scotland with Hibbs um, you know been involved with Wickham in the Championship and League One okay The last year hasn't been great he's played for his country double figure a number of times I think that's good like that's a good innings you know for someone and maybe our own like our definition of like, like as I said like maybe in the context of maybe where Irish players played 15-20 years ago and the fact that you know you could list like you know Irish players in the Premier League sort of falling off the page that you, maybe there's a lack of respect for like actually carving out a career in those in those divisions you know below as you said a little bit off-broad right I and mean, like you have the likes of Sean Williams and Amond and people who've been on this show at times who've like actually done extremely well mm. to survive in the game and I feel like a lot of the ones now that are going from the league are going over a little bit later they're a little bit more mature they've got a f- better chance of, of lasting the course over there for a long period of time as opposed to maybe before when all the players going over were 16, 17 very naturally some of them will be back in, in no time
1: Who's the one right now then? Farouja See you next
0: yeah, it's a good question. I think Ferrugia will 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 definitely get a move. Yeah, um, I'm not sure to where, um, but I think he he takes a lot of the attributes for people, um, physically, and he's got a great profile. Like strikers, will always have a chance, um, and they'll always sort of attract interest and attention. But I feel like Ferrugia is the obvious one because he hasn't been away before. I think there'll be there'll be a lot of people willing to take a chance on him um there's probably others around the league I'm sort of I mean, again, like there's some very good young players in the league who are a little bit different because they're in the pre brexit age like the you know the Sam Curtis, Adam Murphy, mm-hmm. Benny and Whitmarsh, and cork um there's a lot of good players in the league at the moment who will get moves um but I think obviously Fruge is slightly older so can go somewhere and start playing very quickly
1: uh, Virgin Media announced yesterday they're going to show more live games
0: yeah it's, it's I was looking at it now that, um, I know uh, TV coverage and uh, rights and so on is a very topical subject this week uh, on the island generally um, tell you what
1: the seven quid for LOITV is a bargain <laughs> no it's
0: just like I mean, p- people are concerned about the cost of watching games. You you spend a lot of money if you wanted to watch League of Ireland team last year. Mm. Um, although I mean, the, the LY TV is is great value in my view now. And uh, you get season pass. But I was looking at it. Yeah, I mean, the, there's the round of fixtures. The, this week's round of games. Um, it's the last weekend where there's no live TV, televised game. I think until the end of June. I think every round of fixtures between right. now and then there's a game on TV between the two channels that's what adding a second channel to the mix does it and then into junior into European time where hopefully games will be shown so um, I'm conscious the Rugby World Cup is later in the year like does that impact there seems to be more games being shown in the summer now generally but I think it's good I think apparently the virgin reaction was, was, was decent and yeah I think there's a there's a decent buzz around it at the moment and if you can increase familiarity for the sort of floating fan with some of these teams and players it's uh, it's it's why not you know I'm, I'm a little bit biased because I'm going along every week and enjoying it I know you go to Tala and you enjoy it it's not for everyone um, but it feels like and this year, you're 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 selling something that you can actually you can believe in it. You know that it's getting better. Um, and the drive is probably there to make it even better because obviously, not every ground looks as good on TV as as some
1: of them do. Uh, did you see the Alfinger Halland story? This is great stuff. Isn't so isn't he it?
0: was so he was chucked out of uh scored from denied, his seat at the Bernabeu.
1: Because Real Madrids Were not happy With his celebration Following De Bruyne's goal uh, The video on social media Appeared to show him Cupping his ears Towards the home fans Before being removed From the VIP box Alan and Also denied that he had Thrown peanuts at Real Madrid fans I did not Not true We had some good banter With Madrid fans We had to move 50 metres away Nothing more
0: Yeah I saw the peanuts Headline alright It does sort of Grab your attention But Alfinger's having A great life Well this isn't is
1: like This is the life, worst Alfinger it does
0: It's a great second life In football isn't it oh. You know like we need to see You're Barry in the
1: best box in the Etihad every week. Feed up, your son is the star of the show.
0: A L- lot of pressure on Barry Ferguson to live up to this now. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: This <laughs> is, come on, Barry. Johnny's like Johnny's going to be like you. You think Alvinga? You know, wait yeah, to see yeah. Barry.
1: Oh, Barry celebrations. But I I, lo- I mean, I, I do like that. I'm angle pretty sure Barry it. hadn't been over to about his first four or five matches because obviously he works in football over here. Yeah, so yeah all his yeah. all his work is at weekends as well. Yeah, I'm not
0: sure he's been over much at all actually. But um. And it's a great second life though Isn't it Like, I think, like I, mean, I think You're talking about making it Like he had a great career Like you know by, by any sort of measure of it And yet you watch your son do this And now you can just You know the footballer's life But you're in the VIP box He's been involved in a couple of little Scrapes now hasn't he He's had a couple of uh, Maybe the cameras are always following him as well too So maybe this is just how player parents behave A lot of the time I was
1: just thinking that You don't really hear about Player parents well, there wasn't. That often. There, oh,
0: there wasn't. There stuff about France during the last uh, year, twenty twenty. Wasn't there stuff to do with Rabio's family? And oh, yeah. uh, there was. There was definitely. I don't want to take a punt and guess who the issue was with, but there was definitely like, uh, oh yeah, there was. Arthur's player.
1: nodding along. Yeah, ah, uh, it
0: was, was Rabio and and a couple of uh, other high profile players, and the, the parents were having parents or. Siblings were having issues uh, in the stand there in one of the games. Adrian
1: Rabiot's mother clashed with Paul Pogba's family. I was thinking after was France crashed out of Euro 2020, the Switzerland. Yeah,
0: I mean, I suppose if you think about it, like people talk about sideline behaviour of parents at underage football generally, would make sense. Like, right? it's natural extension that extends just that not everyone recognises the parents.
1: On the Veronique Rabiot was involved in a heated exchange with Pogba and Mbappe's families immediately after the final whistle. Veronique was said to have initially lost her rag after Switzerland's 90th minute equaliser, angrily questioning how Pogba lost the ball in the build up to the goal, which I guess is what any <laughs> supporter would do. After the final whistle, she then reportedly took aim at Mbappe's parents, telling the PSG hitman's dad, I'm reading this uh, directly yeah. from uh, the website, to make him less arrogant. Ronique who had previously acted as Rabiot's agent, which was also in an issue, wasn't it? When he was Manchester United, were interested in I signing like this him that uh, they yeah. d- didn't particularly want to deal uh, with his mother. Uh, she also allegedly slammed Mbappe's attitude to journalists present in the mix zone. Well, now I'm starting to get on board with her. <laughs> yeah. Finally, someone who wants a little bit of respect for the journalists in the mix zone.
0: Yeah, I mean, so it, it can happen you know this is the this is the new genre like the the maybe the because the, the ra- like, you know people say there's no characters in the game anymore you know players live a very sanitized existence in their own way just got their folks on board
1: whereas the parents are free to do whatever the hell they this want is the life. they're there in the VIP lounge the drinks are flown for two hours before the game this is I'll
0: see what happens you know
1: living the dream get,
0: get the peanuts flying but um, yeah no I, like, I think I, I think now that is just like, it's, uh, do they know themselves? Like he, he was exposed to certain things in his football career, probably made reasonable money. So you you understand the game and you understand the mentality of the footballer and yet you just see like your offspring just go to this otherworldly level. You just have to go along and enjoy the ride.
1: Speaking of uh, Erling Hall and the mix zones, when I was over at the Etihad for the City Arsenal game, I was in the mix zone afterwards and... Uh, David Meyer Who was on Cold commentary uh, Was alongside me And I was explaining to David What the proper etiquette For the mix zone is For professional footballers Which is you come out And you talk to the journalists
0: Put your phone to the ear And walk
1: past um, Which uh, I think David admitted He may well have done himself oh, on, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. on a
0: couple of occasions uh, He wasn't the worst In fairness uh, I'll never forget The Irish player Who did that And his phone rang that was uh, spectacular A thing
1: of beauty yeah. uh, But Erling Haaland uh, was walking out And Milo was like, on, i him I stop And uh, he had, I think, three security people with him And we were thinking like, There's nobody from Manchester City That can get Erling Haaland to stop in the mix zone like, no. You were talking about the biggest star In world football right now No press officer can go Actually, we, we, we've said you'll stop and chat to these journalists here And No, like, they, they have nothing to come back with
0: it's mad because like I was over in Molda for the Shamrock Rovers game in October and that's where he played his football mm. recently. and like his existence was the, the, as far away from that as possible I spoke to some people over there like they, they were used to seeing Haaland just walk up and down the street you know, what he was playing right. for the local team and like the chef and Molde is still the same chef from, from that time. But like I was the receptionist in the hotel. I was like, Oh yeah, Haaland, yeah, oh, should we just see him walking by every day? And the players in Molde just all walk around this tiny place and you know, oleg Gunnar Solskjaer was was in the area at the time and Haland had no would have had no minders, no frills, no and then you just go to this level now where...
1: Well, maybe I'm underestimating him and he, he would love lot, to stop and lot, chat and actually, they're just not letting him.
0: A lot of them... Well, I would say that a lot of the sort of Nordic, Scandinavian uh, well, players are unbelievably relaxed when it comes to the media stuff. Completely. I was explaining
1: uh, that to Myler when we were coming out. I was saying, I can guarantee you that Manuel Akanji will stop and talk. And likewise, if you go to Liverpool, Virgil van Dijk will always stop and talk to every single journalist because when they're... In their formative years At their first clubs In the Netherlands Or in Switzerland Every player has to talk All of yeah. the time And when they're with Their national side Still They have to come out And talk all of the time So they're just It's what they expect Yeah no no I think sometimes
0: The clubs In this part of the world Put the They put the shield around them Because it's assumed That's what you do mm. But you'll often find Like the you know Denmark The national team I Remember you can go into The hotel and speak to anyone I remember playing Norway Years ago Ireland playing Norway like you just go into the team hotel before the game. Your know, Anna Rees is just there, and the
1: stuff and Thomas Delaney were like that by the time Ireland yeah, had finished playing it, them like, for about. We hadn't played six them in games weeks. in two yeah. years.
0: Well, they are, they, they are totally relaxed, and it's um, it's never harmed them.
1: Arthur's given that look of the last thing in the world radio listeners like to care. Self-serving
0: about media crap. Yeah,
1: in mix zones, and you're being ign- you deserve to be ignored.
0: Yeah, listen, I'd ignore. I mean, I would ignore you. Oh,
1: well, exactly. To be clear,
0: <laughs> you know, I'd expect that. You know
1: it's when we ignore the players it's, that's when the power shifts you're like nah I don't want to talk to him
0: it's what was a story about the, the English team years ago where the English players were, the English press were like mocking the third choice goalkeeper going through <laughs> the mix zone when, when relations were at absolute rock wow. bottom uh, you know that, that the English players walking through the mix zone were being mocked by the media I think those days are gone now
1: uh, on that note we've run out of road as ours would say uh, we're done thanks a lot for coming in uh, Dan all our football and off the balls brought to you by Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sport a reminder we've got two brilliant games live via on Sundays off the ball Everton Manchester City Arsenal against Brighton you back in Saturday? I am He's back in Saturday Johnny Ward will be here you're going to try and a Brighton. No, Brighton, no, Brighton are playing on Sunday. Well, you'll be talking about it they're playing Arsenal rain them back in just that little bit and John uh, will be here as well with all the scores from all the Saturday games